dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today, we're sharing readable classics that make for ideal book club picks, along with some tips for going deeper with your book discussions. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. Has your book club been meeting yet this summer? We have not. We So we met through the pandemic on Zoom, and then just the last two months kind of fell off. But I think today's episode is going to inspire me to shoot out another email and start meeting. Are you in a book club right now? Aside from our novel pairings book club and just kind of like keeping an eye on what you're doing over in Fiction Matters. And then um, I have like spotty participation in the Modern Mrs. Darcy book club, but like work behind the scenes there sometimes. So a couple of online book clubs that I'm like, you know, I'm all the way plugged into novel pairings, but like then a couple that I'm kind of plugged into, but I don't have like a core in-person or local book club. But I don't feel like I need one because the online stuff really fulfills exactly what I'm looking for. Online stuff is great. I mean, I think it's so awesome to be able to get together virtually with readers who are very like-minded or um, who are just interested in exploring the same types of books or push each other out of each other's comfort zones, all of that. I mean, I, I love having both because I love my formerly in real life, hopefully in real life again this summer, book club as a way to see my friends every month. But it's a very different book club vibe than the online communities I'm a part of. Yeah. And I would love to have an in-person book club. It just doesn't work with my phase of life and like my family's current situation where we move around all the time. It's really tough, but I have had that experience before. And I'm so excited for everybody who gets to meet with their book club again, whether they're all vaccinated and gathering or whether they feel comfortable because the weather is turning nicer here in the United States and they get to sit outside and sip a cool drink and talk with each other. I'm just really excited to see people getting together to talk about books again. And so today's episode is really dedicated to that because like you said, a lot of groups I think could use a little rejuvenation with this new season. I think a lot of readers are excited for the summer reading season. They're ready to get back into the books. They're ready to discuss with their friends and see people. But maybe their book club isn't their favorite spot to talk about books. Or maybe they just feel like they need a little burst of energy to get everybody back on the same page. What a pun. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And if you don't currently have an IRL book club, I think all of these book suggestions and tips will absolutely be able to be applied to your group chat with your reader friends and your buddy reads or the Zoom book club that you're a part of too. So 
regardless of whether you are really looking forward to meeting with your friends in person again to talk books, or you're just hoping to continue all of these great virtual friendships you've maybe made and deepened over the course of the pandemic, we have some book club ideas for you today. So first, we are going to share a handful of recommendations for classics that are readable and accessible and fun to discuss with each other that won't necessarily feel like you're sitting in school. They'll be fun and spark lots of conversation. And then we'll offer some tips just for getting the most out of those discussions. But I've seen so many people just really excited to lean into backlist picks this summer. And I think especially with book clubs, sometimes that's a safer way to go because things are a little bit more vetted. And especially with a classic, there's a lot of resources for your book club. There's a lot more background information. Some people might have more familiarity with the text versus just picking one of the buzzy books of summer to all read together. Mm -hmm. And they're cheaper because they're out in paperback and they're often easier to get from the library or there are even open source ways to download these books for free or super cheap. So before we get into our specific book recommendations, do you have any like general ideas for what makes a good classic for book club? I think one of the keys, and this might be based on just like my personal reading style, is that you should avoid the books that you feel like you should read unless your book club is like really ready to tackle it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know that I would want to read Anna Karenina with my in-person book club. Like if I'm I don't know. I, there's just certain books. Like, I am not reading Charles Dickens for a book club. I'm sorry. I'm just not. <laughs> I am just not going to. Because that feels like a book that I should read as, like, a literary reader and not something that I want to. But there are some book clubs that maybe people would be really excited about that. I just think, in general, avoiding a book you feel like you should read and going with something that can get people a little more excited is the way to go. Yeah, and and I think both of the examples you mentioned kind of touch on this element too, avoiding books that are too long for a book club pick, I think is also helpful. Again, this all of these are totally dependent on your taste and your book club's taste because for you book club might be the place that you want to check some books off your list or have a reason to pick up a 1000-page novel. That's awesome. But just generally, I think you want to avoid books that are really, really long and kind of make people feel like, well, I'm not even going to try to start it because I know I'm not going to finish it. Yeah. It, and it kind of depends on how often your book club meets. Like maybe that is different if you meet quarterly versus monthly. But if you've got a monthly book club, something shorter that you know people will be able to get to seems like seems like a good value to have. I also think there are so many classics that are either have controversial scenes or content that are really discussable or they have a controversial ending. And by controversial, I just mean like highly discussable. Like some people will love it. Some people will hate it. You can have a lot of different interpretations of the text. And so I think a classic that just is really open to interpretation makes for a great 
book club discussion. And that's why most of these are classics in the first place. So you have pretty easy pickings there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at our list and I, I think most of them fall into that category. And another thing that makes classics classics and that makes them so viable for discussion is that a lot of them have pretty timeless themes. So even if they take place 50, 100, 200 years ago and were written that long ago even, most great classics and certainly the ones we're recommending today have themes that you can pull out that still feel really relevant to contemporary life, which is always a fun thing to talk about with a group of readers. And yeah, I just think in general, if your book club is up for it, a classic is just a great way to spark discussion, not only because they can tend to be timeless, but also because people generally have a sense of like what they're about, or they might have encountered them in college or high school, or they might have felt like they missed out on them. And those conversations are fun to have too. If someone's rereading a book that they read in high school and someone's encountering it for the first time, those are sometimes some of our favorite discussions on the podcast, and those can make for really good book talk. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into some of the books that we think would make particularly good picks for a book club who wants to talk about classics. The first book that I immediately thought of, and I I imagine this was top of your mind as well, was Passing by Nella Larson. And I think for me personally, the reason this leapt to mind was I have taught this book and teaching this book was one of the times in my teacherly life that felt most like just running a book club. Like the, the students were so engaged. They wanted to analyze all of the characters' choices, why they were doing what they were doing. When we got to the ending of this book, which definitely falls into that controversial ending category, we had to tack on an extra couple of days to the unit because they weren't done talking about the ending. They just had to keep delving in and trying to figure out what this all was about. So I think Passing is just a book that's perfect for that kind of fun discussion, but also brings up some really important issues that are are timely. I agree. And I also just think, and this will be a really common theme that we'll see with all of these classics that we talk about, any book that just you can really see the threads of a genre, you can see the threads of where modern authors were inspired is great and Mm -hmm. opens up so much discussion. And Passing is definitely one of those books we discussed it in episode 16 and offered a bunch of pairings. And so that's a fun place to start. But there are more books coming out now. I can think of just a couple buzzy summer books that sort of you can see the connections to passing or you can see some of the inspiration. And so whether it's passing or whether it's any of the other books on this list, I think anything that you can really connect with some of the other books your book club might be choosing from contemporary selections, that's a winner. And I think that's the case with passing, but mostly that ending. Yeah, (laughs) it is a shocker. And yeah, I mean, passing, I think 
because it really reads, including the ending, like a domestic thriller, it probably will have connections to a lot of other books that your book club members have read, if not for book club that they're at least familiar with. And that is super fun. So I don't know. We're not ranking these, but I would have to say Passing is probably my number one pick for a book club classic. Should we go on to our next one? Because it's from the same era and we have made the argument (laughs) many times on the podcast that we think Passing should replace this iconic book on many school book lists. Yes. And I still hold that belief. (laughs) I agree. Yes. But this is one that many people read in high school, but it is totally worth returning to as an adult. Highly discussable. It is The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And I think this is a book that a lot of people want to read. Like this is a classic that a lot of people want to read. It's glitzy. It's glamorous. It's such a pop culture icon. It's short. Yeah. And (laughs) The, the writing is really stunning, too, and there's obviously just so much to talk about with this book. So we discussed it in episode 26, but the discussion's just ongoing because it's the considered the iconic American classic. Yeah, and I think that is one of the reasons I think it'd be fun to pick up with a book club, because when you are taught this book in high school and pretty much told that it's the iconic American classic. You you take that in, you absorb it. And I think revisiting it and asking if that's true and how we feel about it now as adults would be really fun with a group of readers. But like you said, there's also just a sparkle to it that makes it an enjoyable read in the moment as well as something super discussable and fun to both gush over and pick apart a little bit. I think some of the best book club conversations definitely come from people disagreeing about a book. And I think The Great Gatsby, there's a lot of room for disagreement about whether, I mean, we've talked about whether it should really be the great American classic or whether it should be replaced by something like passing. Um, But those are fun book club discussions to have. And you know, The Great Gatsby, it's it's such an iconic work, but I still think you'll get people who love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Our next book on the list here is one that is more of a modern classic. It is Amy Tan's The Joy Luck Club. And I think any book that has multiple points of view and a large cast of characters that you can connect with makes for a great book club pick because it's really fun to talk with other friends and readers about which characters they connected with, which points of view meant the most to them, who they liked, who they didn't like, the chapters that really spoke to them because you're going to get wildly different answers. And in addition to doing all of that, this book just says really lovely things about both mother-daughter relationships and friendship among women. So I think it'd be a really special book to bring into a book club. I agree. And in addition, this is a modern classic. It's written more recently than, say, Passing or The Great Gatsby. And Amy Tan is still writing books. So she has a huge 
backlist of offerings if your book club really enjoys the Joylet Club. But that's such a great starting place for her work. And it's it's another one that I just think you can really connect so much contemporary literature to it. And you're so right with all of those different characters to choose from. Everyone will relate in a different way. It's one of those books that the experiences and the stories are so specific. And yet those themes of mother-daughter relationships and identity and belonging are very universal and touching. And I just love her writing so much too. Yeah, I I agree. We talked about this one in episode 10 of the podcast and we shared a bunch of other books with multiple perspectives that some are mother-daughter stories, some are stories of friendship. But um, if if that is something that your book club tends to love in general, I would definitely recommend seeking out that episode for the pairings as well. But yeah, Amy Tan's writing is phenomenal. You really couldn't go wrong with choosing one of her her books for a book club, I think. But I agree that this is a great starting place. This next book, Sarah, I have not read yet. It's been on my shelf for ages and I just haven't been able, like it's not, it just has not felt like the right time for me to read. And so I'm really eager to hear you talk about why it's such a perfect book club pick. Okay. Well, I didn't know that, but that's exciting. I'll, I'll be excited to cover it on the podcast one day. I mean, I yeah. <laughs> understand why it's not the time to read it right now. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. This is a book that I I read in high school and it meant a lot to me. And then I taught it. And it's one of the books that I taught in my semester long class, which means I taught it like 12 times or something absurd. Um, So I've read it a lot. It is a great book club pick because there is just so much to discuss. It was written in the 1980s. And so in some ways, the writing is really, I mean, the writing is very contemporary and easy to read, although Atwood's style is dense. And so I think your book club has to be up for a bit of a challenge, but it's so prescient and it's a feminist dystopia that is just really fun to um i mean the book itself is more hard than fun but looking at what she saw coming and the warning signs she's giving us and there's so much to talk about in terms of um just social issues and politics. And I, I think this would be one that I would say, like, you want to know your book club pretty well going in, like, and be comfortable talking about them, talking about politics, et cetera, with them, because you'll want to get into this stuff with The Handmaid's Tale. It's also just, it's got a crazy ending, like a, a passing level ending that you will need to discuss when you get to the end. I I had a student once who I don't think she read a single book in her entire high school career until we read The Handmaid's Tale in class. And then she finished it two weeks before she needed to finish it for school. She sent me an email and said, (laughs) Miss Tildreth, I just got to the ending and that cannot be the ending. Is there a sequel? 
I need to know. And this was before the sequel yeah. came out. She wrote to Margaret Atwood's editor and publicist oh. and asked <laughs> if there would ever be a sequel because she was like dying at this ending. So um, I, I just think there's so much about it that's infinitely discussable. I love that. I also think if you are creating a new book club or you're trying to encourage friends who who are not avid readers or who like want to be in a book club or want to pick up books, but they're not like in the books. Um, I think that choosing books that have screen adaptations can be a really great way to pull people in to really get your fellow readers invested. And it makes for a fun watch party to get your book club together and watch. So that same, I mean, it goes for like The Great Gatsby too. Anytime that you can watch a film or a screen adaptation and The Handmaid's Tale TV series is incredibly popular. So I just think that's a great way to get readers invested and have some touch points. If someone doesn't want to read the book, but they've watched the show, they can still talk about it with everybody. Oh, absolutely. I think that is a great point and very, very true for a lot of readers. Speaking of adaptations, next on our list is something a little bit more amorphous, but we think reading either a Shakespeare play or a classic myth and then adding a retelling of the classic would be a really fun thing to do with a book club. I mean, of course we think that because because <laughs> we're nerds, basically <laughs> we're nerds and it's basically what this podcast is all about. But I think it's if you have a group of readers, it's just so fun to see where storytelling tropes come from. And Shakespeare and classical mythology have provided the framework for a lot of contemporary literature, at least in the West. I mean, I think the absolute ideal circumstance here is if you have a theater or I know there are Shakespeare in the Park groups all over the United States and I'm sure in other countries as well. If you have the ability to go and see an adaptation together, to see the play I should say not an adaptation, but if you have the ability to go and see live theater and be able to discuss that experience with everyone and then take a look at the retelling, talk about a fun book club field trip. That just seems like the most ideal, especially in the summertime. Um, that just seems like such a fun way to shake things up with everybody. And I don't know, I am totally thinking of like my favorite outdoor theater and they always do Shakespeare, at least one or two Shakespeare plays every summer. And it's so fun to go with a group and you can like pack a picnic and eat first and then go see a play. I don't know. Not that is not available to everybody, but if it is available to you, I just think that would be so much fun for a book club. Mm -hmm. And any play that is maybe happening in your area, if you just search Google for the Tempest retellings or Rome, Romeo and Juliet retellings, you will find a bunch. And then your book club could pick one and read a more modern version of those stories. And that would just be so fun to have the chance to compare and chat. 
Yeah, there are tons. And then, Sarah, this is your area of expertise because you're a certified mythology girl. And those Greek myths appear not just in retellings, but just in literature all the time. And so reading something like The Odyssey with your book club, which we discussed in episode 18, and then taking a look at a retelling or any other myth retelling. And some of those Greek myths, I mean, you can just read like a summary online with your book club. You don't necessarily have to read like a whole book of myth retellings. You can just read the one that's maybe eight pages of text online and then read a retelling. I'm thinking of Olympus, Texas right now, for sure. That would be a fantastic summer book club pick. Um, Yeah, I, I really, I don't know that I would recommend a book club read all of the Odyssey together. But if you, if like your book club members loved Circe or the Song of Achilles mm-hmm. and you want to read another retelling, maybe throw in a couple of um, the, I mean, there's really no like original myth, but like you said, just yeah. Googling like um, a a version of the Circe story that you can find online. Or if if you want to have a book that's a go-to, something like um, Edith Hamilton's mythology or Stephen Fry is writing contemporary versions of, um, well, they're not contemporary versions in that they're set in the in contemporary times, I don't believe. I think they're just his easy to read versions of myths could be a really fun thing to bring into your book club, even if you just read a couple excerpts that correspond with a retelling that you love. So that's to really shake things up. But if we're getting back to like classic, just like the most basic book club, juicy novel that's highly discussable and everybody will have an extra book recommendation to bring because I don't know about you, but a lot of the book clubs that I've participated in, like everybody really likes to read domestic suspense Mm -hmm. and it's fun to talk about, but for a classic, I think Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier stands the test of time and just makes for such a great book club pick. Oh yeah. It, it's a really fun one to talk about. I've also taught it, and yes, it goes over really well in that book club gossipy, uh, pick it apart kind of way. Uh, but but like you said, there's just great literary roots there too, and seeing how Rebecca has influenced uh, the world of domestic suspense and how we think about female narrators and those kinds of books is just. Uh, really fun discussion. And it's just one I think that people, you know, not everybody will love any of these books, but Rebecca is generally, I think, a crowd pleaser of a read as well. Definitely. And there are fun film adaptations to watch. We talked about the newest one in a bonus episode. I think we put it under (laughs) 33.5. Um, we haven't discussed the full book on the podcast yet. Don't worry. We'll get to that one someday, (laughs) but, uh, it was a lot of fun to pick apart that movie. We kind of hated it, but the old one is a lot of fun to watch. 
And so that's just another good case where there are a couple of adaptations to choose from and discuss together. All right. Another book that we read together for episode 20 and we really enjoyed talking about was Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. And there, oh, there's just so much about this book to love. It's just, I mean, the writing is stunning. And I think if you've got a book club who loves literary fiction and they've already read Jasmine Ward, Mm. you have to read Zora Neale Hurston. Yes. The sense of place that she creates in this book is so lovely. And Janie, I think, is one of those characters who, I mean, she's so singularly Janie. She's a very original, unique character. But she also feels very modern, and there's so much, I think, a contemporary reader could connect with with her. But at the same time, you know, you're you're being, your Zora Neale Hurston is exploring this world of Jim Crow South that I think a, a lot of us want to learn more about and see more in in fiction. And this is a classic that does that so well. And I don't think it's coincidence that we have a couple of books on here from the Harlem Renaissance literary movement and the 1920s time period, because I just think culturally there's so much that happened and it's just an incredible time to look back at and connect to modern life. And so their eyes were watching God really really is a good one. And that's one that we both highly recommend listening to on audio. Um, Getting, I mean, Hurston is genius at writing dialect. She was an anthropologist and that's like a big piece of her writing and listening to the audio version is, is fantastic. All right. This last one on our list is a book we're going to be covering this summer on on the podcast. I haven't read it since high school, so I want to hear from you before I start re- reading it again this summer. <laughs> why The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton would make such a great book club pick. I haven't read it since college, so I have to think back a little bit too. <laughs> but this, I kind of see it in line with The Great Gatsby where it's glittery, gossipy, There's lots of drama. There's just lots of stuff to talk about. And the ending, people will not agree about the ending. There is a lot to talk about with the ending. And I I just, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I just really love Edith Wharton. And she's a fascinating author to do a little bit of research on for book clubs that like to just kind of bring a little background research into it. And The Gilded Age is just one of my personal favorite times to read about. So maybe this is just because it's one of my favorites. I'm really excited to talk about it on the podcast. But I do think that Edith Wharton is another one of those classic authors where you can see a lot of connections to contemporary women's fiction from her. Mm. And I think you bring up a, a good point with any of these books, too. If your book club is into doing some contextual research or Googling before meeting. There's so much to do with all of these authors. And I think 
all of these books provide an entry point into conversations about, you know, authors and art versus the artist and what we continue to uphold as a classic Mm -hmm. um, and who we continue to kind of revere as authors and all of that. And those are those are really, I don't know, vital conversations that are happening all the time right now. And I think talking about classics with with a book club is a great entry point for that as well. Okay, so we're going to talk more about talking about books with your book club. But really quick, we just have to put in a plug for Libro FM because we mentioned listening to audiobooks is such a great way to absorb these classics. And Libro FM is our favorite source for audiobook subscriptions because they support independent bookstores. Yeah, I know you listened to The House of the Spirits while we were prepping for that episode. We both listened to Their Eyes Were Watching God when we recorded our Awakening episode way, way back. I think that was like our second episode or something. I listened to that on Libro FM. They have a great selection of classics, along with, of course, all of the contemporary books you could want to download. We have a link in our show notes so that you can just click that and go right to the page to sign up for your membership. Or if you go to Libro.fm, you can enter code NOVELPAIRINGS and get two audiobooks for the price of one and select an independent bookstore that all of your purchases will support. Yes, we love Libro and we hope that you We'll switch over to them as your audiobook provider for the summer because they are doing such great work. All right, Sarah. So let's get into some of our tips, partially drawing from our experience discussing books in the classroom. And partially, I think some of this stuff is what we've learned over the course of our discussions on the podcast for how to talk about classics with book club and just In general, these apply to more than just the classics, but like how to get the most out of reading with people and discussing those books and not just getting stuck in the same questions over and over again. Yeah. And I think when it comes to classics, we want to be able to discuss them like we would any other book and not feel like we have to hold them on this pedestal and revere them. We also like, you don't want your book club. Maybe you do, but I think most of us don't want our book club to feel like English class, but we want to go beyond the question of just, did you like the book or not? So we think that using some literary theory, which sounds very English class-like, but really does wonders for any kind of book discussion, is a great way to get deeper into classics or really any book for your book club. Yeah. So just really quick, basic definition of literary theory is using various psychological, philosophical, or social theories when you are looking at a text, when you're analyzing it, when you're interpreting it. And so we use critical lenses under literary theory so that we can just sort of like put different lenses on and focus on different elements of a text. So for example, if we're using the critical lens of um, feminist criticism, or if we are using reader response, or if all of these are sounding unfamiliar to you, you are not alone. Um, 
but just different lenses, the psychological lens. These are things that we have referenced on the podcast before. So if it's sounding a little familiar to you, that's where you might have heard some of these before. Um, But it can just illuminate elements of a text that we otherwise weren't looking for. And each critical lens gives us a set of questions that we can use to investigate that text. So when your book club's kind of running out of good questions, turning to literary theory and turning to critical lenses can just give you the right questions to ask to spark deeper discussions and really get into the meat of the book more. Mm -hmm. Episode five is where we go a little bit deeper into feminist theory in particular. So that would give you a good place to start and kind of hear more examples of, of what we're talking about. I think generally you can think of literary theory and critical lenses as ways of talking about real world issues within the book itself. So you might be reading a book with your book club and all of the gender roles are really popping out at you. And that might provide you with some great questions that fall in line with feminist criticism. And even if you don't use that phrase, those questions will be great to bring to book club. So things like, how does the book portray femininity as compared to masculinity? Or do the characters take on traits from opposite gender roles? And then what does the book say about that? Is it uh, supporting that? Or are those characters kind of treated in an antagonistic way? Those kinds of questions really let you get into, I don't know, broader human issues through the angle of the book. Yeah. And these, you can truly find so many literary theory resources just from a quick Google search. You'll find a lot. Um, And you don't have to feel like you have to use every single lens or every single theory on a book. You also don't have to feel like you only have to focus on one. You can mix and match them. There are a lot of options for getting into this. This is something that we covered much more in depth in our Lit Theory 101 class on Patreon. Um, And that is still up and available. So if this is something that is really sparking your interest and you want to learn more, you can go to patreon.com slash novel pairings and access that class. We have a class on new criticism, which is one of the lenses. And then our book club discussions over there tend to incorporate this style of discussion and a lot of these questions. So there are resources for you over there. But I also just want to say if some of these things are sounding unfamiliar and you feel like you need more in-depth explanation, there are so many resources at your fingertips. I know, I think Owl Purdue has great summaries of what these lenses are and what literary theory is. That's not the only resource, any kind of library resource. We'll talk about them. But there are just a lot of ways for you to adopt this. And it's not so, like you can sneakily bring this to your book club. You don't have to be like, <laughs> so everyone, here's the wine, here's the snacks, and here's your literary theory handout. I mean, you can do that and it might go over great in some of your book clubs, but you can also just adopt this sneakily in the kind of questions that you ask in order to get people to look at the books in a different way, in order to notice different aspects of the books. And like you said, Sarah, connected to real life 
connect it to our modern culture, especially with classics. That piece is so key for making them feel for making them feel relevant. Yeah. When we bring classics to the podcast, and I think you'll feel the same way if you decide to bring classics to your book club, you don't want to ignore the issues and, I don't know, elements of the book that we now understand as being problematic or just icky or wrong. Mm -hmm. And using literary theory is a great way to be able to tackle those questions and concerns and still talk about the book in a way that's enjoyable, but lets you like, I don't know, lets you poke holes, but also lets you make meaning out of the book in a way that feels relevant to contemporary life. And we would love to see you on Patreon for these discussions. Of course, uh, we have so much fun talking about literary theory with our our patrons over there, our Classics Club um, in the Literature Scholars tier. It's a blast. We would love to see you there. We'd love to be able to share all of those resources with you. Um, But like Chelsea said, there's tons available online that you can find as well. Yeah, but if you got to the end of this episode and you're like, oh, well, now I really want a book club or you thought when we were talking about like, well, you don't want book club to feel too much like English class, but you're like, no, I kind of want that. Well, come hang out with us (laughs) because we've got like the perfect mix. (laughs) We'll make it feel a little bit like English class, but like in a fun way. So to join us for a classics club, you can get bonus episodes. You can get those recorded classes that we talked about, plus our upcoming classes for this summer. Patreon.com slash novel pairings is the place to go to join our community. We would love to see you there. And our weekly newsletter is another great place to find resources that we feel like sharing um, about each classic that we discuss and also just upcoming news about the podcast. So that weekly newsletter is at novelpairings.substack.com. If your book club is reading classics together or this episode inspired you to do so, we want to hear about it. So make sure you are following us on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod. Tag us in your posts sharing the classics you want to read with your book club or comment on our post telling us the classics you think would make great book club picks. We also love to see when and where you're listening to Novel Pairings episodes. So take a screenshot right now of your podcast player, throw it up in your Instagram stories and tag us. We love to see that and to share that. Other ways to spread the word about Novel Pairings are by sending your friends a link to your favorite episode just sharing with a fellow reader that you love this podcast or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. And next week, we'll be back with part two of our discussion on The House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende. Until then, we declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book.